Welcome to Our Life in Transition. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast deals with issues about LGBT families and trans-specific topics. We would love to hear from you and welcome your questions and comments. However, we will not tolerate any discriminatory language or hate speech. So please, just don't do it. Enjoy the show. None of us are free until all of us are. And if you're okay with allowing another group to be discriminated against for whatever amount of time and not fighting for them, A, they're not necessarily going to be fighting for you, but also it's like a boat with a leak. You know, if you're not trying to patch all the leaks at the same time, it doesn't matter if you're working on one while it's still leaking somewhere else, you're going to sink. When we were kids, we met at camp. After college, we got married. Ten years later, we finally had a baby. That same year, I came out as trans. This is the story of our journey. Through marriage. Parenting. Gender. And all the changes that life brings. This is Our Our Life Life in Transition. Transition. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't like that sound. I guess the microphone didn't like your headphones. Feedback. Well, the microphone's a jerk. Yep. Okay. Uh, are you ready? Um, yeah. Are sure. you awake? Mm. Wake up. I'm here. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's all we can ask for, is for you to just be present. Okay. What flavor? What flavor? That's just cheddar? Yes. Get away. Get away from me. Go. No, it looked like there was like it was like a some sort of citrus on the front. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that is. What this? Yeah. It's like cheddar with like a to- tomato slice and stuff. It's like to make them fancy up. Oh, oh, I see. Nobody does that. Yeah. I can imagine you show up to like a party. It's like, ooh, look at all the fancy hors d'oeuvres. Like these are just cheese crisps. I can imagine that. I would be down for that. <laughs> like this party's great. Anyway, hello everyone. Hi. <laughs> what? I'm tired. <laughs> I am Shannon. And I am tired. Hi. <laughs> I mean, Rachel. I am Rachel. <laughs> and this is another, as I can already tell, going to be a delightful episode of Our, Our Life, Life in Transition. Transition. Yay, we did it. <laughs> I even knew my name again. I've been doing well the past couple of weeks. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to everybody. At least you didn't think that you were me like I did to you. There's that cicada again. The, um, <clears throat> we keep talking about cicadas because there's like a buzzing in our headphones. Uh, getting some sort of feedback. I don't know what it is. Or there might be a cicada in, in the recording equipment. I don't know. They're everywhere. Discord, stop popping up on my screen. Anyway, uh. Hello, doggy. I told Miranda she could be in the episode. Hmm. She just wants your crisps. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She heard me crunching. Um, so yeah. We have an interesting topic today. 
Um, we'll see. Well, so what happened was. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. Shannon was listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. As she is wont to do. Yes. While she gets ready. Um, they were talking about traditional gender roles. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the man's job to grill. Yeah. So, in a uh, lesbian or trans couple experience, who does the grilling? Exactly. You know? And and um, let's just say we'll give him a shout out. This this was this was I was listening to the Gender Rebels. Yay, so, Gender Rebels! Yeah. Thanks, Faith and Kath, uh, for giving us uh, a topic, which we are happily stealing from you. So, so, so I didn't hear the whole thing because mm-hmm. I'm terrible at listening to podcasts, even though I make one. <laughs> um, but a couple days later, I was driving because that's basically what I do anymore. <laughs> like half of my job is driving from one place to another, yelling at somebody and then driving away. Oh, it's nice to be the manager, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I mean I do other stuff too, but <laughs> yelling at somebody and then driving away. I mean, I do other stuff too, but like a lot of it is just driving between two locations, and so I have a lot of time to think. Yeah. Um. And I was thinking, in relation to the gender rebels uh, conversation, I'm pretty sure I'm the man in our relationship. Yeah. So far- I mean, as far as like traditional gender roles go. Like, I am the traditionally male person and have been yeah, so for, for every, the entire time. So for everybody who likes to ask that fucked up question and overlay cis-heteronormativity over top of queer relationships, uh, there's your answer, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just saying that, that, like, strictly speaking, I take on the roles that are considered traditionally more masculine. Yes. And you always have, honestly. If you're going to yeah. Work. When we first got married, you, you you tried to be a housefrau and hated it. I know you did. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I hated all of the shit that and expectations that came with it. Right. I don't mind hanging around the house. Was that putting that on you, or were you putting that on yourself? I wasn't trying to. Uh, we got into a lot of fights about laundry. I'm not even gonna lie. Oh, we still get into fights about laundry. Hmm. So we still get into fights about laundry. I think every couple gets into that fight it's an eternal fight it doesn't ever end mm. it's just if you were if you're going to live with somebody else you're going to get into a fight about laundry. if you're living no, by yourself you're just going to be mad at yourself so. there would be no fights about laundry if i didn't have to travel to do laundry this is true if it was, if it was just here everywhere that we have ever lived there has been some amount of traveling for laundry <laughs> i mean i mean it's just upstairs, if- but still yeah, but I have the knees of a 60-year-old. I don't want to haul laundry up and down 18 steps a thousand times a day. Yeah, no, I mean, I yeah. But I mean, so yeah, the house <clears throat> thing has never worked well for me. But yeah, I mean, I've just, I've always been the primary breadwinner. And taking care of the financials and 
you know, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, part of it has to do... A lot of repairs around the house I kind of work on, except for that one that went really badly in the bathroom. (laughs) I knew what I was doing. I just didn't know where the shutoff was. (laughs) That was so bad. It was so bad. I mean, though, to be fair, when this apartment was built, it was built in a very stupid way, and that is in the worst possible place. Uh, But, yeah. But, no, I mean... Yeah, you know, part of it too is just personality-wise, you're generally more pragmatic. Pragmatic. And eins zwei, eins zwei, very Prussian. Um, and I'm get a plan, stick to it. And I'm more of a flighty. No, I'm not flighty. I'm more of a go with the flow kind of person. Mm. Make it up as you go along. Which only works if you actually make it up. And actually go along. Yeah, but I've got executive dysfunction, so. Meanwhile. My intention is to make it up and go with the flow. Meanwhile, I have high functioning anxiety, so. I'm like, I don't know what, what is, what is, um, worse than type A. Or, like, more type A than type A. That's me. So your anxiety is like that student who like did so much extra credit that you got like 110%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Show off. You know, just in case I got a 99 on something. (laughs) You know, here's the thing, though. It's like I am kind of all over the place and therefore don't get stuff done. But you're so focused on everything all at once that you get overwhelmed and then don't get stuff done. It's not necessarily that I don't. We get, get to the same point, but it's by not different that routes. I don't get stuff done. It's that I don't get the proper things done. <laughs> I have a problem with prioritizing. Well, there's that. <laughs> but I mean, <clears throat> shit gets done. It's just not necessarily in the correct order, or <laughs> what needs to be done when you know. <laughs> so then we were talking about podcast topics, and I said, "Well, we should talk about this. We should talk about gender roles and." All that stupid nonsense. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Well, and you know, and you go back to, you know, one of the things they were talking about. And the reason the gender rebels came up with this topic was because they were talking about grilling. Mm-hmm. And um, that is a very traditional and masculine uh, activity. Cooking it, meat. Yeah. Cooking meat with fire versus. Ugh. Cooking meat with fire outside versus cooking meat with fire on an appliance inside. Completely different. Completely different skill sets. Mm -hmm. But, (laughs) so they were talking about, you know, whether it was uh, the expectation of a trans woman to grill was a bad thing Mm. or not. And whether asking a trans woman to do that is somehow like offensive. Right. Which I understand how that could be a concern. I like grilling. It's fun. But I also like cooking in general, so. I like grilling, except the part where it's hot and you have to be outside. (laughs) So I don't think I really... The part about grilling that I like is when you get to have a beer. And stand around and and poke dead things. Honestly, that's usually like one of the few times I actually do have a beer. That's actually the most caveman-like thing I remember. <laughs> so, 
Mm. Poke meat with stick. Yes. The um, Drink beer, poke meat with stick. But if you notice, whenever I grill, I usually want to be doing it like just not at sunset, but just after the sun has gone over past the roof line of the house across the street. Yes, because you don't care if your family starves to death. <laughs> <laughs> I too. I'm not going to let you starve. Eating dinner at 8 o'clock at freaking night. Hey, you ate, didn't you? <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, so what's your opinion on that? Like, d- does it, if, if like somebody just like assumed, if we're in a party of friends or something and somebody just assumed that you would be the grill master? Just mash up, uh, 90s TV shows. Party of Friends. No. I was... <laughs> the look you just gave me was delightful. It was a goddamn bastard. I was speaking about having a party with friends. I, I, I know what you were talking about. I was trying to make a joke and I failed miserably. Bitch. Yes? So the question is, mm-hmm. if we were having a party and there were people <clears throat> who were acquaintances at that party. Yes. And people assumed that you would be grilling. Would that offend you? Would that make you feel dysphoric? I mean, it it depends. It it really does depend vis-a-vis, you know, the expectation and the interactions. It, It could. Although, depending on who's there, you might have a situation like Kath and Faith did where, like, their man friend was like, I've got this. Which, which is its own kind of a problematic thing, but... Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I, I, I guess. If people assume that you can't do it... Right. You know, you've been grilling for the last 20 years. Estrogen. And suddenly you can't do it because your estrogen might fuck it all up. Yes, my estrogen has, estrogen has addled my brain. Which I don't understand, because how do people assume, like, we make burgers when nobody else is around? Magic, obviously. Well, I mean, and that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, well, you know, and that's a thing with traditional, traditional generals, is it, like, people make a lot of assumptions about things um, when they don't necessarily know what the hell they're talking about. Like, um, you know... I had a lot of expectations that before I transitioned, before I was like, hey, guess what? I'm a girl. People are like, so, sports. I'm like, hmm, that's a thing that exists. Meanwhile, the other day I went to the bar and watched the UEFA final. <laughs> well, yeah. And uh, the, the most, like, insane, crazy, like, obsessive Eagles fan I've ever known in my life was my mom. That is true. Like, my brother. She would hang up on you if you called during an Eagles game. Like, legit, she would, like, pick up the phone and be like, what are you doing? And hang up. My, my brother and my uncle are close seconds, but no, my mom was... Rabid. Rabid. Like, and, you know, I'm a very passive sports fan. I like them. And, you know, and, and, even, and we've talked about this before with baseball. Like, yes, you really didn't care about baseball so much. And I started watching baseball around you, and you're like, oh, this is interesting. And you got really into it because statistics. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the, the and now, details of, of it. And now, you and know, now know Shannon so knows nothing about I don't baseball. know shit. Like, you'll, like, be informing me of something. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What is that now? Oh, okay. 
and this thing like I like cars. I really do like cars. They're pretty. They're pretty. I, I, I like the design. I like the style. I'm interested in how they work. I don't necessarily know how they work. I can fix something. You need me to change a car battery. You need me to change a tire. I can I can do that. But I will go figure it out. It's not just something that, like, you know, I came out with, you know, uh, that knowledge. Innate car knowledge. Yeah. It's, and there's just these assumptions. And I know so many, you know, cis guys who, as far as I know, they are cis guys, who are in that same kind of place where they're like, this is not my thing. And because of gendered assumptions, they kind of, you know, get pigeonholed into being seen as weak for some reason because they don't have these alpha male interests. Who decides what the alpha male interests are? Uh, the fucking sexist douchebags. Uh, you know, and that's, and that's a whole other thing. There's, there's literally a whole segment of uh, the male population that wants to categorize themselves as like those alpha males and those beta males and they're no good and then and they might as well be women like it's it's so dumb and so toxic but not everybody can be an alpha it's not even a thing it's not a thing it's made up it's bullshit yeah but i mean if we're talking about like packs and shit like if we're gonna like talk about like nature there's only one alpha uh, here's the, here's the and fun then thing everybody else gets killed if you try to be an alpha with the other alphas, they kill the other alphas. Here's the thing, though. Scientifically, uh, that's not really as true as people think. We just overlaid our idea of hierarchies over top of animals. And actually, their packs are a lot more cooperative than we think because we expect them to be competitive like we are, and they're not. Packs are cooperative, but packs are cooperative because they have a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... but People and the other people understand the other animals understand their place. But the thing is that that we took the wrong messaging from that, and therefore there's a whole part of the population that's like, well, you know, I'm in charge. Like, says who? The reason that they're in charge. No is one agreed to that. The the reason that the quote unquote alphas are in charge in nature is because they're cooperative and they try to take care it's of everybody. It's a social else. contract. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a social contract, and you and you aren't living up to your end. Uh, but we never actually signed the contract. You just came in and said, this is the way things are. It's that. Yeah. It's very... And I find it funny. Um, I am a big comic book geek. And I find it funny how um, comic books and sci-fi and fantasy are so popular now. Mm-hmm. Popular to the point that, like, now we've got, you know, Chad coming in and going, well, I know everything about everything. And I it's like, dude, get out of here. But Chad used to try to beat me up for that. You know what I mean? Like, we have these guys who mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who used to think, oh, well, you know, you're, you're, you're a wuss if you like anything that's interesting and not, you know. Just straight up, like, blood and gore. Yeah. But now here, here's a different question, though. Yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Because I'm sure you, you, like, you're online, you talk about comic book, comic book related stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How many times are you asked to prove your knowledge? Well, you know, I don't... I, because I, you're female. It's weird. I don't get that a lot because I wind up not finding myself in those conversations a lot of time. But that is the thing that happens. It's like, like, oh, 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 yeah? 
Yeah. You you like comic books? Well, we'll we'll name five Batman villains right now. It's like fuck out of here. Hey, why are you gatekeeping? Who's allowed to like comics? Exactly. And B. I bet you you can't do that. Well, and and the thing is, like, there is, you know, this. Oh well, you know what? I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong because you're you're a jerk. But also, there's a people don't know have to know everything about everything all the time. You don't have to be a, to be a fan of something. You don't have to like know everything about it. Like I am very uh, interested in uh, soccer, um, but I was watching the UEFA final at the bar the other day, and there was a guy who had a soccer shirt on, and I said, "Hey, I'm confused," and I asked him a question. That doesn't mean I wasn't cheering. Yeah. For and 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 knew and I knew what was going on generally, but you don't know all the ins and outs of it, and that doesn't make me less of a fan yeah. or less of a or or make it so that I can't I'm not allowed to enjoy watching it. Yeah, like it, like I don't know. Well, and and just going to the point that I made a couple minutes ago, I am a sports fan, but I said I'm a passive sports fan. That doesn't mean I'm not a sports fan. But you couldn't name, like, five football players right now, probably. Right now, no. There was a point where I could. Right. There was a point where I was paying more attention to Or baseball to players. Yeah. Like, name who's on the Phillies. Go ahead. Uh, right now, I don't I'm even not fucking... A, I have, not I have a clue. no idea right now. <laughs> um, but... I can name early 2000 Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I I don't know everything about everything, and I, and I don't pretend to. <clears throat> and I think with... A lot of toxic masculinity that um, a good chunk of it is pretending and masking your own insecurity. Yeah, and and, and masking your own insecurity um, behind a good amount of um, aggression. Mm -hmm. Just unnecessarily, out of nowhere, for no reason, over dumb shit. Yeah. and which is, you know, to be perfectly honest, part of why you get incels. Because, you know, you get these guys who are receiving message in all their lives that they are entitled to access to women. And when they don't get that, they're like, well, you're a bitch. And yes, it's your fault it's because your fault. how come you don't have the message that I am supposed to yeah. get what I want? And the reason is because you're a dick. But there's like, two different kinds of incels. Sure, go ahead. There's the incel that's like hy- the hyper-masculine, uh, I should have whatever I want because look at me. I'm amazing. And how do you not know that I'm amazing? And then there's the whiny incel. Mm. The first one being like the Gaston type of incel. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, the second one being, you know, in their mom's basement. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of guys of all stripes living in their well, mom's basement. Yeah, well, but the economy is terrible, and that's not necessarily something to be ashamed about. Right. Um, well, but you know, I don't I, live in my mom's basement. I live in my mom's attic. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, they're attics. Yeah. We 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 exist above the garage, fools. Um. <laughs> We're not we're not subterranean dwellers. <laughs> anyway, no, um, but I mean, there's the the kind of um, not hyper masculine and the the 
guys that are the sensitive ones mm-hmm. that they, they, that they put off how sensitive they are, but they still expect that you know somebody should be sleeping with them. Well, yeah. Like, well, and 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 you know, I've had I have had a couple of friends who like the guys I'm, that complain about being friend zoned. Yes, I have a couple friends who I have seen bitch about that shit, and I kind of like maybe you need to assess what the fuck's going on with you, dude, because that's not a thing. Like she's just not that into you like move on impossible yeah well exactly and and the thing is like a lot of the narratives that people get from that is um well it's because the the mean jock guys are taking all the girls and 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 they'd rather be with them it's either that or it's the hyper feminists we're all turning lesbians it's again what it's the man haters oh yeah the the Hyper feminist man haters. Mm, yeah, that's where they're, it, they're all turning lesbian so that there's none, no people left for the whiny incels. Yeah, I mean there is there 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 is uh, a segment of uh, women who are very shitty uh, to men a lot of times because of trauma and abuse people turn around and abuse other people. Although they tend to face, they they tend to direct that hate towards me. And that's, and that's a weird thing as, you know, <laughs> the trans community gets shit from each of those groups. We get shit from incels who, I don't know what the fuck their problem is with us, to be perfectly honest. And then you got TERFs on the other side who are going, no, you're terrible men. Yeah, you know what the incels' problems are? Sure, go ahead. Please inform me. He thinks the ladies do doth protest too much. Sometimes that is the case. Not always. Sometimes that is the case. Um, she she gets criticism for for different things, but actually, Contraborns has a very good video about himself. Um, but you know, at maybe maybe that's part of it sometimes. Um, and and I think that even if that's not the case, I think that it's projection because of that insecurity of going. Well, right. I'm not the alpha male, and I'm being told that I'm a beta male. And that it might as well be a, a chick, so I'm going to project that onto you, trans woman, because I don't want to be you. I, I maybe I don't know. It's it's all dumb. It's all stupid. Well, it's also a way of fitting in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With the alpha males. Yeah, it's like, to find somebody that you can both pile on. Yeah, if I if I if I can punch down, then then they'll accept me. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I don't know. It's. And if I'm punching down, then I'll be attractive to the women that I think don't want me because I'm not manly enough. It, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but, you know, and then and then you get to that point of, you know, think, oh, well, these women are just man-haters. That same toxicity then... Well, if men weren't so shitty, we wouldn't have so many man-haters. Sorry. It's... I'm, I'm kidding. Well, no, I mean, the thing is... Not like, all men are pastors. No, not all of them. Um, but quite a few. Yeah, well, and that's, and that's, and that's you know... You get when women try to talk about toxic masculinity. You inevitably get somebody... Responding, well, not all men. And I heard 
a really good rule of thumb. Um, which, you know, if somebody's talking about sexism, misogyny, or race, or um, homophobia or transphobia, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. If it's, if it's not you, then you don't need to put your hand up and go, ooh, ooh, not me. Just shut the fuck up. Because if you're protesting, it's because you feel guilty about something. Me thinks the lady got <laughs> protested too much. It's, you know. Yeah, it's because you've got a guilty conscience somewhere over something. And, you know, it's the lessons inculcated by patriarchal thinking are deep and widespread and often go unseen. And, you know, just like we do live in a society that is by its nature and by the way that it was put together, very racist in its um, systems. Stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, it's, that's another topic. Um, the same thing happens with the patriarchy. Our society is not designed with women in mind. No, because I mean, if it was, you know, there'd be child care. Mm-hmm. Um, women wouldn't make 70 cents on the dollar. Um, you know, there wouldn't be um, sexist dress codes in school. Um, all of that. They used to drive me fucking crazy. They used to drive me crazy when I was in school and being like, why the fuck are they like so like on top of like these girls for like how long their skirts are? Puritans. It, it, it's so dumb. And just this like, oh, you're going to distract the boys. Well, maybe stop teaching the boys that they it's okay to be distracted. Maybe teach them to stop objectifying the girls and fucking pay attention to yeah, class. Yeah, you're just by, by calling girls out on how they're dressed and creating this unfair dress code you're literally perpetuating yeah you're you're enticing the the boys too much and they can't control themselves like teach them to fucking control themselves that's a them problem but you're literally by doing that you're going boys you should be enticed by this you're reinforcing the thing like and and to be perfectly honest like dress codes are very um, i promise you that there is no 13 year old 14 year old boy that's like ooh a shoulder yeah that's like a older guy thing yeah uh, 13 year olds can handle a spaghetti strap <laughs> it says in footloose god damn it the um but you know i just saw something yesterday that was talking about how the american dress code like you know especially mid-20th century, like, the dapperness, like, mad men kind of, you know, mm-hmm. that, like, perfect utopian uh, nuclear family vision was straight out of fucking Nazi uh, propaganda. Yeah, no shit. In the 30s and 40s. It's just like, yeah, we just like, oh, we've def- we've defeated uh, the Nazis. We can, we but can we, integrate we, some We of just integrated ideas. the fascism. Um and, and and it was talking about like ornamentation and tattoos and why like we have this like it, at work like it's unprofessional, which also is part of why you know natural hairstyles are unprofessional. Mm. It's not it's not the ubermensch uh, vision of how people should look and dress. But you know, on the reverse, I used to hate that you know 
when I was presenting mail. Like, I'd be like at work and it's like, this shirt's really uncomfortable and I'm uncomfortable in how I look in this shirt. Well, you have to tuck it in. I'm like, why? She doesn't have to tuck her shirt in. Like, well, you have to tuck it in because it, it looks unprofessional. I'm like, why does it not look professional if I have my sh shirt untucked, but it's professional? She has her shirt. W what is... And, I, and there were many times, like, at, you know, in different jobs where I was like, this is weirdly discriminatory against male presenting people. Like, it's weird. Well, in a professional environment, it is because in a professional environment, men are expected to look a certain way. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, of course, this was like a retail environment. It wasn't like, you know, suits and ties necessarily. But, like... It, it it makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. We just have these rules and they're all made up. However, at my job, mm -hmm. corporate has just redefined the uniform rules and they've eliminated the ability to wear skirts. Which? We used to have a rule that you could wear skirts as long as they were three inches below the knee. Skirts, skorts, you know, capris... Now everybody has to wear flat front dress pants. Which, good luck finding flat front, flat, that's hard to say, flat front dress pants. Yeah. Like, not, and moreover, that's actually a discriminatory thing in that, like, if you're now saying, okay, you have to wear this, some of the guys may already have them. Women have to go out and buy them, and their clothes are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's stupid. It is stupid. But like, and I don't understand, but the, the, the reasoning behind it was so that we look more professional, but I don't understand how a skirt looks unprofessional. Like how, why? Yeah, well. Why? Because somebody had an idea. <laughs> somebody has a cer certain perspective on that issue, which they're foisting on everybody else. Um, We're but, staging a revolt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> This cannot stand. I, I wish you luck with your revolution. Um, the revolution has begun. Yes. Um, it will not be televised. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the show. If you like what you hear so far, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to share with your friends and family so they can enjoy as well. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. So, we, we, we talk about this and, you know, feminism um, is a dirty word for a lot of people. Because people think somehow it's uh, taking away something. Some un... It's not pie. Yeah. Everybody can have rights. Yeah. And... But well, they're yeah. basically unlimited. The, the problem is it's, it's, it's not about people having rights. If everybody has rights and everybody has a say. Then nobody is special. Then nobody's, spe nobody's special and certain people don't have power. The, pa um, the, pa the power is the pie. It's not about yeah, the rights. It's about the control. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, most of the people who are all upset with feminists and everything... Mm -hmm only think they have the power well <laughs> um I mean, it's like people who don't want to tax billionaires because one day they're gonna be a billionaire yeah. 
No, you're not. <laughs> um, no, all, all the billionaires <laughs> are flying off into space. I think they know something we don't. Um, but I hope they stay there. Yeah, you know, if they if, wait, if they yeah. stay there and then they don't claim their money for a certain amount of time, can't the government seize it? In theory. Mm. Um, you know, here's the thing, though. Go to space. I get. They're all trying to be cool by having their own little, you know, uh, billionaire space race instead of, you know, I mean, instead, should, instead of fixing, you know, world hunger or something like that. Should they be allowed to do that? Like, isn't that like Space Force's job? Shouldn't like the government be regulating that? Eh. Space Force. Space Force. Um, but here's the, here's the thing. They're trying to be cool. And my thought process is, is I'm like, you know who's really cool? David Bowie. And one of his coolest songs is Major Tom. You should reenact reenact Major Tom. All you just go up there and explore. We'll mourn you down here. In other words, get lost. Yeah, just just stay. Scram. You want to be in space? Go. Just knock yourselves out. But anyway, back to women. If they knock themselves out, they will not come back. One hopes. Anyway. Sorry, we're a little off topic now. <laughs> we can we can do an episode about capitalism, okay? It's all connected, I know, but you know. Um, you started talking about power. <laughs> it's your fault. But and, and and the thing is, it's like this is there and revolution. There is an intersectional conversation to be had here. Um, Yay! About about intersectional. See, you brought it right back around. It did. To your notes. Good job. I did actually. I didn't realize. Yay! I did it uh, by accident, but um, you know, it, whenever you have an advance in people's rights, whether it's about gender or race or sexuality or economics, whenever there's any sort of advancement, there's always going to be blowback. And I shit you not, I saw one of these little twerpy fucking young. Republicans at like one of their conferences that they're having all over the place right now, legitimately running around making speeches talking about how racist and misogynistic and uh, anti-Semitic and homophobic and transphobic he's going to be. He's just he doesn't care. And why are why are it, they proud of this? I don't fucking know. But he he said the quiet part out loud, and he's like talking about women, and he said, you know. Women shouldn't have any place in government. Honestly, I don't even think women should vote. And there are people that still think that. There are people that are like, get your ass back in the kitchen. And I, uh, You shouldn't have any say whatsoever. And I don't understand why nobody wants to sleep with him. I don't know. Um, so confusing. Actually, what's more frustrating is, is the... Is that somebody will. And, I, and the people that have no... Not fight. But like no care about their own self-interest boggle my mind. Mm. I can't wrap my head around that. You know, the the women who well, it's indoctrination. I guess. I guess it's indoctrination. I guess it's like you're you raised know, that way. You know, and I, I've said I said it the other day about you know. I know tons of doormats. <laughs> I, I said it the other day. You know, talking about race uh, in a post I made it was like yeah, well we, we live in a cult our society is a cult and yeah once the Stockholm Syndrome kicks in you know it's hard to get out um, and there have been you know multiple stages 
in, you know, the fight for gender equality. And, you know, it has not always been intersectional. Um, and it's it's still not... I was going to say, it's still not 100%, it's, right? What, intersectional? Intersectional. No, it's not. Um, and there is something very... Um, there is a, a problem with the fact that there are a lot of um, feminists who are not um, interested in the plight of minority women or trans women, disabled women. Um, and just because somebody is interested in their rights as a woman doesn't mean that they are not bigoted in some other way. Um, and it's a problem. But, you know, we talk about, you know, like a lot of a lot of feminists, you know, in, in uh, first wave feminism, they, they weren't interested in securing the rights for black women to vote. Um, and but I, but yeah, I will ahead. say this, mm-hmm. not in defense of that, but just as as an aside, what they were trying to get was radical enough if they had pushed for the rights of black women on top of that, they would have gotten and, nowhere. And 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 well, it's like I know that 1776 is not a a historically accurate historically accurate yeah. thing, but first secure independence for us, because without that, you can't get any farther. Well, and the pr- I mean the problem is that there are it's a compromise, but the pragmatic compromise often is said in a okay well here's what we can do and we have to secure this before we can worry about that and that is like the definition of not being intersectional and because of this mindset of those in power think that it's a pie and if we ask for too much we're not going to get any of it is rampant in lots of different communities and lots of different movements. Um, I mean, it's same thing happens in the LGBT movement. Mm-hmm. You know, trans people get fucking left behind, yeah, and you've got forget about the T. <laughs> and and some people actively try to exclude us. And the same thing happens with in feminism, where you know they exclude trans women, they ex- exclude minority women, because that's a bridge too far. And there are some who are making that assertion of we have to get this far before we can move further in good faith a lot of other people are not mm-hmm. the problem is once a lot of people get theirs then they stop they and stop. go they don't they i got mine it. exactly i'm done exactly um, and that's the that's you know the problem that comes with it i mean i do think a lot of uh there are there are fewer people there there are a lot of people who are trying to be pragmatic and practical or who have in the past tried to be pragmatic and practical and said you know if if we get this far then we can go farther Mm -hmm. with the intentions of going farther but it didn't happen well and but the, the, the other thing is it's like in doing that what happens a lot of the time is that a you undercut yourself and that you now have um 
alienated a whole segment of the group that you're a part of because they have a separate identity within that group. So now you don't have them necessarily helping you on your cause. But, you know, it, there's an old edge. None of us are free until all of us are. And if you're okay with allowing another group to be discriminated against for whatever amount of time and not fighting for them, A, they're not necessarily going to be fighting for you. But also, it's like a boat with a leak, you know. If you're not trying to patch all the leaks at the same time, it doesn't matter if you're working on one while it's still leaking somewhere else, you're going to sink. And it it seems like a smart... I mean, if you have a giant hole and a couple of smaller holes, then yes, you need to work on the big hole first because the smaller holes will keep. Yeah, but people people misjudge the size of the other holes because it's not their concern. It's 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 complicated and it's... Okay, so... So here's a question, though. Yeah. So if they were to pass the um, Equal Rights Amendment, mm-hmm. does that not apply to all women? In theory, it does. The pr- The problem is, um, and, and I saw this about um, this discourse about just, you know, rights in general, even if like you had like, say you had like uh, universal health care as an example. Um, cool. That exists. How do you get rid of racial bias? Because people have rights now, but it's not necessarily equally applied. And the same with women. How do you get rid of gender bias? Well, it's, I don't think... It's, it's, you make everybody automatons because human nature allows for biases. Like, yeah, I know, but... There's no way to, to do that 100%. No, there's not, but... Because you can't legislate thought. No, but what you can do is legis- legislate action and legislate consequences for acting on your biases. The problem with this segmented point of view of we have to deal with this before we can deal with that is if you're not trying to take care of everybody, then you have blind spots wherein people are going to wind up getting hurt within the thing you think you're fixing. But do you think anything ever gets done if you try to push everything all at once? Or do you think the blowback is so great that... Everything stands still. I think that's the common wisdom. My personal opinion is that if everybody's fighting all at once um, on behalf of themselves and everybody else, though the cacophony of voices outweighs the blowback from the minority of people who are trying to hold on to the power. But that assumes that people don't have their own personal biases. True. And therein lies a problem. And they're, they're, they're and, and, intersectionality is not fucking easy. And it's, but it's impossible to have an entirely cohesive. You're talking about every woman mm-hmm. in, let's not even talk about the world, in America, mm-hmm. agreeing on mm-hmm. a specific set of tenets mm-hmm. and fighting for those mm-hmm. that are all inclusive. Have you ever been to a PTA meeting? <laughs> Link the Have you I, I I get what you're saying. Have you ever tried to pick a prom color <laughs> or a theme? Like I just don't I just don't see that kind of cohesiveness. I don't see how, how that kind of cohesiveness is possible. That that kind of cohesiveness is possible in so much that once you make intersectionality a central part of the mission that you are on in order to secure your own rights that you don't countenance it within your own organization and and those people who aren't on board with that 
wind up getting alienated. Right, but then you wind up, and that's what happens. You wind up alienating, no. and then you don't have... No, it's not that you wind up alienating. It's you don't al- allow it to be there and, and, and alienating the people who are not going to, to be willing to be intersectional. They're not there spreading that thought and their biases to other people. If you're like, no, we're intersectional. And, you know, you have a group of people who's like, I'm not down with that. They're not going to be easily able to sway other people to not care about the intersectionality fight. Because it's part of what you're doing. If that's a central part of what you're doing, then this is what we're doing. And if you're not down with that, then you need to get on board. And more people are going to be like, well, I don't want to be left behind. It's... I think this illustrates... I see what you're saying. I think this illustrates the the uh, entire point of what I was saying about us. Is that I think your view of things is a more idealistic, how things should be, how you want things to be way of looking at things. And not a pragmatic way of how things are and the world that you actually live in. Sometimes... And that just illustrates a difference. True. But between some, but sometimes pragmatism pragmatism limits the possible. Hmm. If you're trying to be too pragmatic cuz you're like this is not possible, then you you don't open yourself up to what might be possible. And I think overall, I think that we are getting to a point um with and I say this all the time. The the kids give me hope, especially with like the young, younger people. Where they're like, no, we're intersectional. Like that, that's we're fighting for everybody all the time at once. And what I am seeing as far as a lot of activists now is not taking shit of like, oh, well, we have to leave other people behind. It's kind of like get in the car, we're off to liberate ourselves. We'll see. I I think that um, the systems that create these disparities that seem very disparate are the same systems and therefore it affects everybody. And so if everybody's fighting at the same time for each other's causes, everybody's taking on the system in, in, from every angle. We'll see. I We will. But I used to be young and idealistic too. <laughs> I'm saying. That nine month difference will get you. What? So that nine month difference will get you. No, you. this is just how you are. True. You've been like this forever, like, <laughs> and you're just never going to, and that's fine. I just, you know, for me, I think that, you know, at some point you take enough losses that you say, eh, maybe I should go with baby steps and, you know, get something rather than stay here banging my head against a wall and getting nothing. I don't know. I think in a lot of ways this is, it's not, this isn't a uniquely American problem, but we are very far behind a lot of other places in our thinking. As far as what is possible. Mm. You know, people talk about, you know, AOC as being like a crazy fucking radical leftist. But in I other countries, in other countries, everything that she says is like, yeah, that's very centrist. I understand what's possible, but what's possible under the system that we're in. And the, the um, amount of, I think you dismantle the system by pieces. I don't think you can bring down the whole thing all at once and not create chaos. I think you dismantle it by pieces. If everybody, here's what I'm, Berlin Wall. Mm -hmm. If you've got 30 people spaced out Mm -hmm. with one hammer, 
We're going to bring down the whole thing, right? Or if you have 30 people working on a three-foot section, which falls first? Well, that's that's what I'm you saying. You have I to think... put a hole in... You, you have to... You think you have to work section by section, not spread across the whole spectrum and system of everything all at once. I, I think we're, we're saying the same thing in different ways. To your point of, okay, you've got 30 people, each with a hammer, beating down a 30-foot section, right? Right. Instead of, you know, them all working one section. What, what I think a better analogy with what we're talking about is 30 people with one hammer each taking turns hitting their section. That's going to take forever as well. Versus if everybody's hitting their section at the same time and they each have a hammer to work with, then the wall falls down. If everybody's focusing on one problem or everybody's fo- focusing on their individual problems at different times, that has the same effect of it's going to take forever to tear this wall down versus if we're all beating on it at the same time, then we can get to the other side. It's going to be, there's going to be a mess and we're going to have to pick up the pieces and get, and you know, clean up afterwards. But, but do you there think... won't be a wall blocking us from the other side anymore. Right. But who, but, but do you think people stay to clean up the mess? Or they just run to the other side and let the mess sit there. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. I see what I, I see what you're saying. And that's and that's why this is such a sticky wicket. It's I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I said a sticky wicket. Pardon? <laughs> what, because I never used that phrase before? I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a complex and multifaceted issue, and it's complicated in trying to figure out the best, most uh, effective strategies for taking down the systems which oppress all of us is complex. So what you're saying is, it's a real pickle. Fuck you. Now I want pickles. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, speaking of being trans. um, I think that depending on when you come out, in a relationship, uh, it's harder mm-hmm. to break out of those male or female roles. I mean, it's been different for us because it's always been that way for us. I mean, but I still make you open the jar of pickles or something <laughs> like that, even though now you can't do it. So I have to struggle by my damn self. Hey, I got a jar opener. We have two jar openers. I got, I got you, but you know, it's, and I, I was, um, I did a post about this this morning talking about sexuality, but a lot of our dynamic and a lot of the optics of our relationship for many years was that of a cis hetero couple. And despite how wasn't the optics i'm pretty sure that was you know what was sold to me (laughs) (laughs) sorry um but i i think that the nobody told me it was just for appearances sake (laughs) yeah well uh, um i was an amateur i didn't know what i was doing um but i think that to a large extent that pressure to conform to those gender roles for both of us actually gave us a lot of stress um i know it did for me it still gives me stress fine 
you know. Well, no, not trying to conform, just, you know, the role that I'm in. Fine. But, you know, I, I w- was writing this morning about how a lot of my discomfort in different aspects of our relationship and my gender role kind of revolved around, you know, trying to fit into the mold that I was supposed to. And one of the things like, yeah, I like women. A lot of my feelings about that were awkward because I was trying to approach it in a heteronormative way. I don't like women in, in like a straight way. I like women in a gay way. Um, and I don't necessarily understand the difference. Fine. Um, but I'm going to take your word for it. F- as somebody who was kind of ensconced as a super spy um, amongst the boys for a long time, the way that they feel about women, the way that they approach their relationships with women, the way that they express or don't express mm. their, their feelings about... You had some shit friends too, so... Well, about women. Depends. Some of them are good. Um, differs from how... I feel about women. Um, and How many lesbians have you been around to hear her talk? Because maybe it's just you. Enough. I'm, j- I'm only asking because this is outside of my experience. I want to know. Mm. Um, but, you know. <sighs> I don't know how many lesbians you hang out with. Mm. As far as I know, you weren't out of the house for a year or not. So, I don't know who you're hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before the global panini, I. Panini. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, I, it's being bound in, in, in an identity that didn't fit and trying to conform to those roles in every way, shape or form was difficult. And, you know, realizing far later than I wish that I am trans made me reassess all of those things and it's kind of like you know dominoes falling you like you tap on you like oh it's that and then everything else which didn't make sense finally just fell into place mm. um and you know once that happened the optics for everybody else people outside of our relationship didn't understand the dynamics of our relationship because our relationship very much i here- don't understand the dynamics <laughs> of our relationship but a lot of it heretofore was I took on a very f- traditionally feminine role within our relationship mm-hmm. here at home. But outside of the house, the presentation to everybody and people's expectations was that I'd be, you know, I'm the man. It, it still like drives me crazy. The, you know, for the few months between when the munchkin was born and then I came out and, you know, we'd be out and I'd take her to the bathroom to go change her fucking shitty diaper and people were like oh my god and they'd be shocked like wow that's so amazing like really that's the bare minimum like it's my child she shit herself i need to clean it up like why is that like well it's the same thing why people refer to fathers as babysitting their children oh that's ugh. but that's a whole other <laughs> yeah well it's it's just the 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 expectations, the gendered expectations of, of people who are perceived as women versus people who are perceived as men is bonkers. Mm-hmm. And 
I think for a lot of people when I came out, like it broke their brains a little. Mm. Um, but I think for us, and correct me if I'm wrong from your perspective, for me at least, a lot of the dynamics of our relationship made more sense. Yeah, it didn't make it any better, but it made more sense. <laughs> Fair. Um, That's kind of where why we are where we are. Yes, there's that. I mean. um, but, but yeah, so I, I think... I think... Yeah. I will say this. Mm-hmm. I think that that is some of the reason that our relationship ultimately is not working. Because I have been I have been in a very traditional masculine role for the majority of our relationship. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of in high def. Fine. And yeah. I hate it. Sorry. I mean, like I hate the fact that I didn't get to stay home with our daughter, but you did. Right. And I, like, I missed all of that. I had to go back to work and you became the primary caregiver. Right. And, and for, and that has continued for years, you know, that at least a few days a week. Yeah. You've been the primary caregiver and I come home at five o'clock and... You know, how was everybody's day? Yeah, and I I hate it. Yeah. And I and I hate the amount of stress having the financial responsibility for our family sinking or swimming is like on me. And I think I, really I think that part of part of what I was um thinking about when when this whole episode came up was that you know I don't want to be perceived as masculine that is I do not identify right as male I am not trans but because everybody overlays cis hetero thinking onto our relationship Mm -hmm. I am Right. I am being perceived as as masculine now. And that's not a way that I've ever thought of myself. That's not a way that people have thought of me heretofore. I mean, people have thought of me in, like, my friends group as, like, having my shit together maybe more than other people. Like, but, but nobody has... It hasn't ever been described as a masculine thing or being the man of the fit. Right. Like that hasn't been anything that has ever been prescribed to me. Have people actually said that to you? Yeah. Oh, fuck them. I'm sorry. And, and they, and that what has never been a perception until mm. you came out. And I, I and I think there's, there's a level to which I, I am the way that I am, and I have fit a more traditionally feminine role. But it's not its not even because I'm trans. The way that we are and the way that we interact and the d- dynamics of our relationship has more to do with that idealistic versus pragmatic way that we differ. Right. And... It's the way we operate in the world and the way yeah. we see things. And because of that... I operate in a very different way than you do. 
And to a large extent, that's kind of the crux of our problem. But because of how that manifests, the perception of it comes across very differently once I say, hey, I'm a woman. And people go, oh, well, that's your problem. Well, then you must be the man in the relationship, which is not what's going on. But the perception outside of our relationship is 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 hemmed in by the systems that we exist in. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's not entirely outside of a relationship because you have maybe not called me manly or masculine, but you have implied, you know, that you've you've taken on the housewife role and like your actions, you treat me as the man of the house. I got you. I, you know, more than, and I don't know. I, I wouldn't begin to guess your motives. Um, but, I mean, I think part of it is that you like being the woman of the house. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I think that maybe you like being that way. But, um, and that's that's fine, but it doesn't... It The partnership has shifted. Fine. I see what you're saying. You know, you know and I think, you know, that's... It's a problem. It's a problem for me more than I thought it was going to be a problem for me. Because when you first came out, I was like, oh, well, okay, so we're just two women in a relationship. But it, but that's not what happened. I, I leaned, I, le- I think, I think I leaned in- into the existing dynamic that we had. Right. More so. Yeah. And, and everybody else noticed it and went, oh, you know, maybe, maybe there had always been that perception that, you know, I had more control or I had my shit together more or I don't know what, but then everybody, it like everybody's way of processing you coming out was to go, oh, well, and me staying mm-hmm. was, oh, well, they've just switched. Right. And which I think to some extent we wound up together in part because of our personalities, but because of our personalities... But I think for a it while... It became a problem at some point. Well, I think for... Uh, I, I think when we started out, our personalities complemented each other. Mm-hmm. Because it hadn't gone to the extreme one way or the other. Now I feel like it's gone... And it might have happened anyway. You know, I don't necessarily know if that's a product of you being trans. I, You know, it might have... The natural conclusion might be for us to just go more extreme as our relationship went I, on. I, I, but... I, th- I think that regardless of, of whether I transitioned or not, this is exactly where we would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, but I think a lot of it has to do with the dynamic. And for me, it's, be- it's come into high relief because of your transitioning. Me being trans is, is like putting like a, a black matte background behind everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's like, oh, oh, that shit. was always there, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 shit! This is a problem. Yeah. No, I got, I got you, but. Yeah, I'm not blaming you. For, I'm just saying that, like, how the outside world puts things on mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's all, it's already here. Yeah. It's just how people look at it, and and it irks it's, me. It's it's an added layer of stress which we don't need. In an right. already stressful situation that would yeah, have existed I, whether I, or, I or not I was trans. I don't need any more stress. 
<laughs> like, Shannon, tell them I don't need any more. Please stress. don't give her any more stress for the love of God. I, I've nearly broken at least twice this week. Please. Please stop. Everybody be chill. Give her coffee and keep your mouth shut. Yes. I mean. Will that work? Mojitos. But I mean, but coffee I have okay. I have made you mojitos several times Not in the past in the last week. Okay. I can get on that. Oh, shit. We don't have any rum. I have to get rum later. She's entirely useless. <laughs> I'm not even a good house for I know. Exactly. <laughs> so, in summary, we have problems that we would have had regardless of whether I was trans or not. Um, and society sucks and they have uh, shitty expectations of how people are going to function based on their gender. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Tune in next week when we conquer. Yeah. When we conquer critical race theory. Mm. Not next week. Not next week. Probably two weeks. I I don't know if I can do this again. Yeah. Probably two weeks or three please, weeks. Like please. like this time. If please don't life. give me any more stress. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. But uh. Can't. You know. You know what? It, it, it occurs to me. We never like kind of plug anything else. We never like. Hey, where can people find us? I don't know that you want people to find you online. Don't find me. I have an Instagram and a TikTok, and I do not use them. I only use them to spy on other people. I don't have a person page on. I have mm-hmm. a. I have a a my own personal page, but I'm not like a celebrity like Shannon wants to be. So I don't have like a <laughs> person page on Facebook. So yeah. But I'm glad you're listening here. Yeah. And you can always contact me through the podcast email and stuff like that. Which I will say, uh, people, hey, go go like the podcast page, though. Yeah, what are you doing? Come on, do with it. Tell your friends, tell your family. We're supposed to be all like... Our podcast is amazing, and you people uh, need We're to We're all in this know. together, right, Shannon? Yeah, exactly. And if, all we all do the, if we all do the same thing all at the same time, everything will just come crashing down perfectly. I mean, that's my working theory. I dare you to do something. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so yes. Go, um, go, go I'm like, sure Shannon wants to plug all of her stuff, though, so please well, yeah, go ahead. But go, go like the podcast page. You can find it in different places. O-L-I-T-P-O-D. If you go on it, on the Instagrams or the Twitters. O-L-I-T-P-O-D. O-L-I-T-P-O-D. Or, or Facebook. And in most places, if you just type in S-P, McDill, you'll find me. I'm everywhere. I'm all over like horseshit. Yeah, probably it's harder to avoid her than anything else. <laughs> I'll find you. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't threaten the poor people. What, with my magnificent presence? Don't threaten the poor people. <laughs> Fine. I'll threaten the rich people. <laughs> Shake your head at me. Okay. I think we've uh, rambled on enough. Seriously, though, mm-hmm. why are you threatening the people? I'm trying to get away from your presence, and they know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta figure out where I'm gonna go, so. Anybody get a spare room? <laughs> I have a lot of plants, so. Anybody got two spare rooms? <laughs> yeah, that's it. A spare room in a corner of a greenhouse? Ooh. Or a sunroom? Mm, that sounds kind of nice, actually. Anybody? Going cheap? Are you trying to sell me? That's not legal, and we'll talk about that next episode. She's free. I'm free. Just take her. Free to a good home. Free to a bad home. Free to any home at all.
Take my wife, please. <laughs> we want to talk about misogyny. Oh. Misogyny and comedy, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a whole... Anyway. I think we've rambled these people enough. Are you sure? Hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. I am Shannon. And I am still tired. <laughs> I am Rachel. Thank you for <laughs> listening to another delightful episode of Our, Our Life, Life in, in Transition. Transition. Bye. Toodles. Thank you again for listening to Our Life in Transition. This show is hosted by Rachel and Shannon McDill. Our producer and editor is Shannon McDill. Our theme music is Seize the Day by Jens Kilsoft. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash olitpod. That's forward slash O-L-I-T-P-O-D. Your support makes this show possible. Thank you.